So I think a good place to start is something that we all have in common, um, fabric, textile. We're born in it, we die in it, we shield ourselves in it in, uh, against the environment, we eat on it, we define ourselves by it in fashion, and sometimes we use it to transport ourselves to another place or into another person. At least I did. So I come from a place called Arabia Felix, Happy Arabia, the Yemen. It's in the southwestern corner of Asia overlooking the African Horn. And um, I originally come from a tribe in the central highlands called Qubaytha. But I grew up in the north, and our emblem was the snake, so we were known as the Hanashis. And I grew up in the north in a place called Sana'a, which is known as the gingerbread city, because all of the buildings look like gingerbread houses. If you look at it online, you'll see. So one thing that was about Yemen was that it was really hard to get things in and out of the country. So objects became very precious. And one thing that was very precious to me, so we're talking about the late 80s, early 90s, I was like 7 to 13, and it was my parents' cassette tape collection, which they had brought slowly from the United States. And three of them were particularly special to me. Tina Turner, Ella Fitzgerald, and Whitney Houston. So this wasn't um, the time of the internet, so there was no way of seeing really how they reacted or photographed, so I was really left to minimal. It was like the cover of the cassette tape, and sometimes there was a little photograph inside. And so there was this one photograph of Tina in this total power pose, and it was just like, you're simply the And so I wanted to transport myself to her, but I couldn't without the leather pants. <laughs> Another thing I need to tell you about Yemen is that in Yemen, we didn't buy ready-made clothes. It was a whole process to have clothes made. So you'd have to go and you'd have to buy the fabric, and then you go to the tailor, and then you decide if you want pockets or elastic or whatever. It was a beautiful process. Um, but they didn't have leather. And nobody was going to make me any leather trousers. So I asked my mom, and I was like, do you have any leather trousers? I asked my dad, do you have any leather trousers? I asked my aunts and uncles. I was like, what's wrong with this family? We don't have any leather trousers. <laughs> Up comes my grandmother, who is from the Central Highlands, who is a tribeswoman. She is slight. She's short. She has a presence about her. She has white hair, but she dyes it with henna, so it's this bright orange. She has this beautiful, colorful headdress. She has this beautiful dress all the time. She always carries a gun. <laughs> so she is a total matriarch, and she's the matriarch of our family. And so she came not with leather trousers, but with a dress. And so she explains to me that she used the thread that was on here that she embroidered was actually dyed by the flowers that were in the village. She represented the harvest, and she represented the seasons in it, and most importantly in the front, what she represented was the snake. And she said, remember that the snake represents patience and power. So fast forward a few years, I come to the United States, my family and I, and we raise our status from aliens to naturalized citizens. It's always very strange. And um, thank you for welcoming me. 
And so September 11th happens, and I start to look at Yemen from a different lens. I start to see it through the lens of the United States. I start to see it through the lens of Google. And what I saw was something really different from where I came from. What I saw was terror, bombs. I saw savage tribesmen. And I also saw that the snake was something conniving. It was something evil and treacherous. So everything that I identified with and everything that I came from was a villain. Our stories were told by our colonizers. And not only that, our stories, when they were told, were interpreted even before they were written, and the damage was already done. And then it was written in a language that was not ours. And then it was mis which was English. And then it was mistranslated into Italian, English, French. Spanish, Japanese, and so on. And so there is this crafted history of Yemen, and then there is the Yemen. And so I go back to this dress, which to me is the most honest document of what Yemen is. It is made by a matriarch. It is made by a woman who has lived there, who has grown there, who believes in color, who believes in um, beautiful symbolism, powerful symbolism. And also, if you touch this fabric, which you're allowed to, you are physically touching flowers of my village. So I come back to this fabric, to this dress, and why it has changed me. It has made me into an activist. Yemen right now is under, it is considered the worst humanitarian crisis in the, United, in, in the world. And not a lot of people know about it. There is no food or medical aid or people, journalists coming in and out. This is why we're not hearing about it. Arabia Felix, that used to be happy Arabia, is happy no longer. 23 million people are not at the edge of famine, they're in famine. Eight children die a day, and half a million people have cholera. And this could be changed actually here, and we don't know about that. So this work in all made me an activist. It gives me the opportunity to make this a platform and to share about this. Art, in essence, is a borderland. And art, to me, is a place where everybody is welcome. My family in Yemen right now, if they were be able to get out, they would be banned and would not be welcome here. But this is not banned. This came in. And this has already shared enough knowledge among all of us, hopefully, to make even just a little bit of a difference. So art is power. And I dedicate this story to my grandmother, who passed in January. Thank you.